Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Audacity. I hope everyone is doing well um, and having a good week. Long time, no talk or listen. Um, yeah, so today's episode, my I'm going to be talking about do I regret not going to an HBCU, which is like, okay, bitch, me being bitch. Um, <laughs> that's like in retrospect, but I don't know. I feel like it's an important conversation because I think that it has lasting impacts on my ability to connect both professionally and socially after graduating from PWI. So I think that that's important. So yeah, I'm gonna be talking about that. But before I jump into my topic, just like some current topics, I guess, I'm debating, should I go see Shang-Chi just because I don't fuck with Aquafina. I don't know. And I just feel like there's so much anti-blackness going on there that I'm like, I can't support her. But I know it's not just about her. So I'm like up in the air. But if you have seen it, let me know if it's good. I don't know. And then I'd be seeing people on Twitter talking about, well, y'all bitches better. Well, y'all, you better go see Shang-Chi if you went to see Black Panther. Like, that's really anti-black. So I don't know if I should go see it. Um, I'm going to dive into this deeper in my next episode. But um, I'm renouncing my barb ship. I'm like, sorry to give it up. But. And I'm also kind of renouncing my Navy ship and my Beehive ship. I know I'm like kind of giving up a lot. <laughs> That's kind of a lot, but I just kind of feel like they're all kind of problematic. Like, first, I don't think that there's ethical billionaires. That's how I feel about Rihanna. So I have a problem there. Um, like, Nicki Minaj supports and backs up a full predator and rapist. I can't support that. And Beyonce wore a fucking blood diamond and thought she was doing something in front of a Basquiat painting. So there's so much happening there that I think I'm, I'm going to talk about in another episode. But yeah, those are just some like hot takes, but very researched and, you know, very important topics. But like, can they even be my faves anymore if, well, honestly, just all celebrity culture should die and stop, you know, ce- celebrating celebrities. But yeah, so let's jump into the episode. So the premise for my episode was... um like, I, I'm not trying to tackle, like, our HPCs qualified institutions. I feel like that's some people, that's what some people do, and that's why I'm not here to have that conversation. I think that they're the most qualified institutions for black people, black students, black black people seeking education, whatever the, whoever you are. I think that they're the most qualified, have some of the most exhaustive lists of alumni possible. So that's not what I'm saying at all. I think why I'm tackling this topic more so is because, like, as a recent graduate, I'm, like, in this very transitional limbo-type stage that, I don't know, it, like, has you overthinking a lot. And I think also because I do suffer from anxiety and depression, my thoughts already kind of run, so this kind of doesn't help. (laughs) So, but this is a, a, a thought that I've been having, especially as... Like, in the last couple of months, I've been interacting with a lot of, like, recent HBCU alumni. Um, Oh, also, if you don't know, HBCU stands for Historically Black College and University, or College and University, in case you don't know. But anyways, I've run into a lot of HBCU alums, and just kind of hearing about their experience has been really interesting, but also has made me look back at my college experience, or lack thereof, and... um, Yeah, I just think it's an important conversation to have, especially because if I had kids who are about to go to college, I would tell them they need to go to an HBCU. Um, and, you know, hopefully with the ability that I could pay for that for them, but I would tell my kids to go to an HBCU. Don't even bother applying to a PWI or a predominantly white institution 
PWI's predominantly white institution, HBCU, Historically Black College University, just for people who don't know. So let's hop into my diatribe. First, okay, I want to do a history of HBCUs just for people who don't know, because even some black people may not know. But they were established in the early in the 19th century to provide undergraduate and graduate level education to black people. Black students were unwelcome at existing public universities and private institutions. So like black people could have not gone to Santa Clara University. Um, and even after passing like Brown v. Board, um, black people still couldn't get in. So they weren't able to like they had a lack of, you know, opportunities to seek higher education, hence why HBCUs exist. But it wasn't until um, the federal government started threatening to take away funding and accreditation that private colleges that were white, um, like they were white anyways, but it wasn't until then that they started um, to then integrate their schools and let black people in. Um, and so it wasn't until like the 70s. Um, sorry, I just had a brain fart. It wasn't until the 70s that black people were then able to attend um, PWIs. So this little history. Okay, so my personal introduction into HBCUs, um, my parents met at Jackson State, which is in Mississippi, which is where I was conceived, fun fact, um, after a Prince concert on Valentine's Day. My grandma told me that, which is like so fucking sick. So I'm a Valentine's Day baby, Scorpio gang. Um, but my mom got pregnant with me when she was in college. So she dropped out, um, and left and came back into Portland, um, to have me. And then my dad, um, like <laughs> most, some relationships where the man has no responsibility to take care of his child, he went and got, and his life was uninter uninterrupted. He went and got his bachelor's and his master's from Jackson State. Um, but like, I've only learned about that more recently, like as I've gotten older, like out of high school and into college and like thereafter, like growing up, my parents never, ever, ever talked about HBCUs as like a place that I should apply. So like I went to high school in Canada, which they don't know what the fuck is up, like literally um, and figuratively. So like we didn't really talk about HBCUs because I didn't even know much about American universities and colleges in the first place. So like my college or our high school counselor, whatever they're called, she was so unhelpful um but then also I think that my parents were like under the school of thought that um PWIs look better it's a better education and you're you're able to create some quote-unquote network whatever that is um for like my parents are Gen X so so just for reference so like I think that that's what they thought I think my mom was just ha happy I was going to college and my dad he I don't think he really wanted me to go to an HBCU um and I think my dad's from Jackson. He went to Jackson State, so I don't think that's where he, like, he didn't want me to go to an HBCU. Um, and then my mom, she also struggled at Jackson State just because she's from Portland. And they would be like, oh, she's like a like an Oreo, basically. And, like, she was, like, people make fun of her blackness. So I don't, I don't think they had, you know, like, a great experience at their HBCUs. So, like, I don't think that's, like, really the direction that they wanted for me. So, like, when I was in my college applying process... I, I only, like, receive, like, so many of the negative attributes, like, the scholarship money's not that good, it's not that good of a school, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, knowing that that's not true, but, um, so I ended up applying and attending Santa Clara University. Um, awful, awful, awful. First and foremost, like, before I even jump into what the fuck is really wrong, I'm not even gonna get into that school because so much has happened. It's just on indigenous land, and they're racist, so I, I don't know what else to say, like, I don't know. We can't. There's nowhere we can really go from there. Um, 
So yeah, that is unfortunately my alma mater. But during my experience there, like I don't I don't want to get into the minutiae of the things that I experienced ultimately because it doesn't really matter. Like just know it was racist, like in every sense of the word. Like in every aspect, in every sense of the word, it was racist. But most importantly, like as a black woman, I felt um like I didn't belong like I've never felt like I that was my space like it just felt like it, I would always tell people like I'm doing my four-year stint and I'm out of here and that's exactly what it felt like and like even with the black people I'm I'm not trying to be rude and I'm I'm not talking about all black people I am talking about a few though they're fucking like there's so many weird black people like weird in terms of like they had some self-hate issues so I'm like okay then weird in terms of like just you don't look at life like <laughs> I don't know how to say this like for example I found it hard because I didn't have a lot of black American people there um to be able to commiserate over an experience because being black American and I, I'm I get we're all black and we all are from the black diaspora that's not what I'm saying but I do think that everyone does have a nuanced experience and I couldn't find people who shared that similar nuanced experience with me so in that way it was very lonely um and on top of that, you know, I just felt like it was always some fucking drama. And uh, first of all, the BSU was called Igwe. So I'm like, there's, there was always some fucking drama in Igwe, BSU, whatever the fuck it is. And it, it just wasn't a good time. Um, and like, so even I knew that I knew that I was never going to like find my place with white people. Duh. But I mean, at least I thought I would find my place with some black people. But no, that did not happen. Um, and then like I studied abroad and... I was the only black girl on my program. I was the only black person on my program. Em emphasis. So like, and I was in London. So I wanted to always do like black things. Like I wanted to go to black clubs and meet black people. And I would have to drag my, which, okay, shout out to the two white girls who did go with me. They were my homies. I'm not even gonna talk shit about them, but it was like kind of a lot. And then when I would go out with the white girls, I just feel like white people and black people have two at Santa Clara. Let me speak for Santa Clara. I don't know, but I imagine they're like the Mobamba, the Mobamba crowds, fully saying the N-word, and like how I just, we want different vibes, like I want to go and dance and drink and have a good time, they want to go socialize, like they want to have a, a social with some house badass, house top 40 badass music in the back, you know what I mean, and that's not my vibe, so I mean that was like a really rough experience, I think that's why I was kind of sad too during abroad, because I'm like okay I'm seeing all these white bitches go on these trips with their white friends and do st fun stuff, and I couldn't, I was alone, the things that I wanted to do I couldn't do, you know, like bitch I just want to go to Amsterdam and get fucking high, which I did that with my black friend, but I'm saying like she wasn't in my program, I had to meet her, but I'm saying like the, the, that's where my mind was, where is the ganja? Also, also though, I had a hair braider. Her name is Miss Rashida. I think about her a lot as of late, but she like, she comes to your house and she does your hair, but she would do these, she was Jamaican and Nigerian and she would do these small ass knotless braids and then she would get, weed is hella illegal there, but she would, um, we would take smoke breaks in the middle of doing my hair and get hella high and it was like some Jamaican weed, like it was brown. I'm like, this is some good shit. So she was like, loved her. She was amazing. So I did find some cool black people and I did try to insert myself in like some black settings, but you know, it's kind of hard because you're not there for that long. And speaking of my mind being on the fucking ganja, I joined a weed club in Barcelona, which I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? I had to pay... <laughs> 
30 euros for the membership right and they take take your passport so hopefully i'm not like banned from traveling and then i went in and the photos on it's called g13 we club look up it's in barcelona and i thought it was gonna be like nice like the photos and it looked like a fucking rape torture kill dungeon and so i'm in the back and i'm trying to get some weed first of all i buy like two grams i don't know what i was thinking and i only was there for that evening so i'm like i should just got a j whatever so then i get the weed right and it's too much and I'm like asking does he have a lighter but I don't know how to say lighter in Spanish and I still don't so I'm like trying to do the hand motion of like flicking a lighter and shit and I just have to look it up on Google Translate so he finds he gives me a lighter and he rolls my shit for me so I'm like this is top tier service and smoked a, a blunt and a half in uh, Barcelona and was high as fuck for the rest of the day but that's a sidebar but yeah studying abroad was like kind of hard just because I was really by myself the whole time and I think that that's what kind of entered into my depression and also like on my time at my PWI I was like really just going through a rational reckoning like um I just like growing up in Portland and then going to the high school that I went to like it was like the upper echelon of rich people too like going through going through all those different being in all those different white spaces it makes you lose yourself and it makes you not have to confront things about yourself that clearly make you different like I I knew I was different from my peers and I knew it was because of the color of my skin, but I didn't know in which ways, in which visceral ways that I'm different. And it'll, it'll, it'll impact my, the, my resources. It'll impact the way that I live my life, you know, the length of my life, so on and so forth, you know? So it wasn't until I was in Santa Clara and I was like taking these really sad classes, like race and mass incarceration, which basically just, that class just basically told me that I was born to go to jail. I was born to be a statistic where either I have a bunch of kids and I'm on, you know, government assistance, which is nothing wrong. Like, but that is what people expect from me. They don't expect me to excel much more than that. You know what I mean? And when I do excel more than that, I get like a pat on my back, which really irritates me because I'm like black, pe all black people are capable of what I'm capable of. It's just the access to the opportunities and the resources. And, like, it's not that I even worked extra hard or, you know, did something special from anybody else. It was the right time, right place, which, I don't know. That's something to unpack my therapist. I don't really know, but, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like in all the spaces I was in, I was kind of, like, the exceptional Negro. Or, like, yeah, the exceptional slash magical Negro. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so... Yeah, I just, like, really, I really struggled at Santa Clara. I think on top of that, too, like, bitch, I was dark-skinned, and it was, like, a bunch of biracial and light-skinned people, um, and, like, they would take up space, too, like, so there's so much colorism that exists at Santa Clara. Like, they would take up the space of experiences that they didn't even have a full breadth of experiencing, but still have, somehow took up that space, and it was applauded. That was really the killer to me. But when a dark-skinned black woman said something, it, it also broke my heart to just see how dark-skinned black women like myself were treated. I'm like, y'all, y'all niggas is weird, and the niggas were weird. I'm saying, like, every, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm weird too. I'm not even going fucking front, but at least I know I'm weird. And if you call me on my shit, I'll, I'll at least have enough audacity to take a step back and be like, okay, Leah, like maybe this wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? So I just had an awful fucking time there. Um, but <laughs> and wait before I move on I also think too that like I have a lot of imposter syndrome from my university like I never feel good enough in the spaces that I'm in because my intellect was not reward my intellect has never been rewarded in the white spaces I've been in like for real I always thought that I was dumb because I would look at my white peers and I'd be like okay but they're getting applauded and they're doing all these things do I need to be doing that and I'm like <laughs> 
in retrospect no I don't need to be doing that like on my own person on my own journey but I, I never felt like my intellect was rewarded in the classrooms even in college when I know like bitch I, I know for a fact I'm smarter than some professors and I don't even need to say that and the reason I know I'm smarter is because I know that I I see how the world works and they don't the world they don't have to work for the world the world works for them white people the world works for them um privileged party or p- privileged you know identity group members whatever the world works for them you know what i'm saying so i'm like they never had to put in any work that's why i think that most people at pwis are low-key fucking mediocre because they don't have to be anything other than mediocre and it'll be rewarded and that's how i just felt that santa clara so it was just hella sad and the only reason I went was because they gave me scholarship money which is the whole point of that relationship is for them to give you scholarship money and for you to say thank you thank you master (laughs) maybe that's a little extreme but yes okay so when I was maybe in my sophomore year I really thought about you know transferring um like to a HBCU but I just didn't do it because it was a lot of work and you know my parents like Leah be grateful for this opportunity that you have all this other stuff but I there was one girl at our school who she left to go to Spelman and I'm pretty sure she probably had a better time you know what I mean like I I definitely think that it could have been something that I could have explored would have could have should have whatever but I my, I my thoughts on me attending HBCU I think though which I don't know I think I would have fit in it's just me like kind of being like scary but talking through it I think like the things that I think I miss the most at my time at Santa Clara and then now being an alumni of that institution um just being around nothing but black people and being able to go to parties and having an actual social scene um potentially joining Greek life and seeking sisterhood and especially since I'm an only child too like I think that that's something that Santa Clara was not able to give me um and I think also too now being an adult now and not being in a school or like scholastic setting it's really hard to make friends because bitches are weird people are fucking weird like that's one thing you learn like I mean people are weird in college but at least you're able to find a group of people but bitches are weird as an adult and so like being able to have like a you know social circle whether that be in greek life or you know similar like-minded alumni and i'm looking for black women friends too like you know i i i realize that i have to seek friendships with people who can understand my experience because it's not going to work otherwise because like i only have one white friend and sometimes he be complaining about shit and i'm like really nick put that in perspective like i'm the wrong fucking person to be talking to this about i don't want to hear it um and then having a like strong black alumni and a career network would also be helpful too because like uh, let me get through i'm gonna go through each point and i'm gonna get to it but i think okay first and foremost starting off with greek life part of me wants to join greek life but then a lot of greek life too has it has really colorist origins but i i do think that i would have joined greek life but i do can tell you i will not join aka because i have a cousin who's an aka and she makes me not want to join but i really thought about it but i'm like oof no thanks sis um but being able to join like and have that sisterhood of people who are there because i was i went on this date with this guy which he turned out to be homophobic and he did go to hbcu but that's neither here nor there uh that i'm not really i'm not really getting into that but he was talking about his greek life a lot and like you know how much you like how important that was to him and being with his brother so i i mean i thought that that was really amazing too and also like i don't know i bring this up a lot because 
I was watching this podcast. Her name is Harriet, like, and she really do be dropping some dimes. But like, she was talking about why does Black women's you know activism really center around aesthetics and you know representation, and that's because it, it directly affects our ability to certain resources, certain experiences. Our our actual life depends on how you know we conform to whiteness. Um, and she just had she just did a video is Lizzo uh, why Lizzo is not a mammy. I think you should all watch that because I'm sick of bitches saying that too about Lizzo. Um, but why I bring this up to say is I'm going to be talking, I am going to be talking about, you know, aesthetics and, you know, your access to certain opportunities, which would be dating. I think that being a black woman and dating at a PWI, particularly a darker skinned black woman, is like one of the hardest things. And also put it, having boundaries and like being, you know, a, having self-awareness of who you are and what you want. I think that that really limited my experiences because I started realizing like once I put a wall, like nigga, you're not going to do this to me. I realized a lot of people started treating me differently when I started having boundaries because bitches, if people could run amok on you all day, they would. But I think like if had I gone to an HBCU, I definitely would have had more of a pick of the litter instead of whatever the fuck I had at Santa Clara because like I said, niggas was weird. Um, and then... I think that like having the access to like a career network because now that I'm in my like actual career path and I'm like want to work on you know developing my network I'm like looking for black people to network but had I like gone to an HBCU I may have been already able to network with those people and like establish a strong base and like you know you know I think that black people some black people I can't speak for all black people or most black I will hope it's most black people they can kind of see your worth in a way that white people don't or people non-black people of color don't and they can kind of they know you know they speak your language they can read your body language they they can probably tell more than meets the eye than some other folk you know what I'm saying so I think that that would have been nice but like like having to like really work hard to establish my black network now that I'm in the workforce not I just I would have enjoyed to have that you know built in um but then, like, on my, others, on my other side of why I feel like I wouldn't fit in, too, is because I think, like, every community has their own issue. But uh, it's honestly a repetition of white supremacy. But, like, there's a lot of colorism, featurism, texturism, homophobia, and transphobia that exists in the black community. And I know, like, at Santa Clara, we had all these things present within the black community. So I can only imagine, like, tenfold these are the things that would be present you know what I'm saying like and I and when I think mostly I think about aesthetics like colorism featurism texturism like saying that you want to go with a loose curl texture and I'm not saying this is all black men don't get me wrong but I I do imagine that to be a high presence there colorism like I know and I think that colorism like the reason I think that would be so rampant because it's so ingrained like a man all a man could say what type of girl he thinks is cute and I already fucking know what type of time he's on I'm not kidding like and I know that people think you're over I'm not I already fucking know like if I I have two black men in my life one black man he dates not their friends but one black man he dates all colors of the rainbow because he like literally does not give a fuck but the other one will only talk like he'll say he likes these girls they all happen to be light-skinned like I can't deal with that and featurism featurism and texturism are all cousins sisters brothers related to colorism and so like you know 
your hair has to be like, also that's what I don't want to have to deal with either is like I feel like if you're at age but y'all please correct me if I'm wrong because I really don't know and this is the scary bitch in me talking but I, I also felt like because I was going to move to Atlanta but then the other part of me is like bitch I would have to be on at all times like have my hair done have my nails done have my lashes done all this shit and like when I'm at if I'm in Portland I will literally go to the store with my bonnet on even though my mom thinks that's ghetto but whatever or I'll literally walk around town ashy and it's because I don't have no black people to sit there and give me dirty looks because white people don't know any better like they don't they don't really recognize what ashiness is or what that what that symbolizes to other black people like she ain't got no home training all that other stuff so like I don't know like having not to, and at Santa Clara too bitch I was looking so busted like and no one cared because they were looking but like they had no standards either so I could really you know lower myself to not look good and then on our campus when you did look good people were like where are you going like a bitch can't want to look nice today because there was no bar there was no standard there was no nothing you know so I mean that's one thing I'd be scared of like I can't always be on at all times but also I feel like I wouldn't I, don't, I feel like maybe I wouldn't fit in because I'm like a weird black person. <laughs> While I'm talking shit about all the weird niggas at my school, maybe that's why I went there. Like, I think I'm a weird... I don't think, but then part of me is like, blackness is not a monolith. So I could probably find some weird niggas at the school I'm going to. So that's scary me talking, you know? So I, I take that back. I think maybe I could find my spot. But, you know, I think anything would be better than attending Santa Clara, Jesus Christ. Um... So, yeah, I, I, ultimately, I just feel like SEU did not set me up for success, both personally and professionally. Like, when I think about everything I learned, it was outside of the classroom and things that I taught myself. And basically what I really needed to learn was how the way the world works and how do I have to work for the world. And I think that's the difference. At our school, white people, it, everything worked for them and black people. And I'm assuming other um, non-black POCs, too they we had to figure out how we had to work the system how we can make the system work for us and that's fucking sucks like you know and I, mean, I understand that's the way of the world but I don't want it to be and it shouldn't have to be and the world should work for me I'm sorry like that's really how I believe um but honestly in retrospect and currently the school makes me so sad to attend like I be seeing shit on Instagram of alumni posting shit about how fucked up Santa Clara is and I'm like why are you surprised like I can't even give my attention to school I don't give a fuck you already knew what time it was get the degree and go don't ask me for no if they call and ask me for money I'm I'm sorry to the student worker but they should have told you not to call me so I'm gonna cuss you out just based on principle don't ever fucking call my number to ask me to give you a red cent no thank you um I was going to say too that I thought that SCU was my biggest regret like going to a PWI is my biggest regret but I don't think so because everything in life happens for a reason I believe that I believe in fate um or things just happen and that's how you move through life and then you just work around and figure out how else to move through life like woulda coulda fucking shoulda but I don't know to someone who is debating like or even if you're you're ha- you want to have kids, I think that we should really invest in the possibility of HBCUs for our Black kids, um, because I-, I think that they could better prepare and give Black people who are going into the working world a better perception of themselves. Because I think going to a PWI wrecked my self esteem. It wrecked how I valued myself. Because, you know, high school is different. Growing up is different. Yes, those are your formative years. But your collegiate years, those are the years, I guess, that you're looking to really develop your mindset and your viewpoint. 
And I know that's a, I'm, a lot of this is kind of generalized, so don't take this personally. And I know that this may not be a one-shoe-fits-all because college is not a one-shoe-fits-all, but this is how I felt about my, my experience. And so, yeah, thank you. These um, were my ruminations. All my next episodes, honestly, expect heat. Like, I, I've come up with some good stuff. Um, I'm about to really be consistent. My mom was trying to clown me because I told her, I was like, I have 29 people who follow me on Spotify. And she laughed. I'm like, that's kind of a lot because I'm not trying to make this a YouTube I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm strictly podcasting. And to build a podcast following is hard. Because how many people want to listen to you talk? And like talk about random shit. But I'm hoping that I'm bringing a new viewpoint. Like I never want to bring the same crusty, dusty ass viewpoint. That you're getting anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean thank you so much for listening. Expect a beef up in sound too. I'm about to really invest in my sound. So this shit sounds fucking crystal clear. And I'm gonna have sound effects. Which literally is perfect. Because that is how my ADD brain works. But yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your week.